What's up, Golden Souls? Welcome back to Divine Ministry, presenting to you Taylor Made Good News. Yay! I am so excited to be back and be joined with my husband, Trey, your <laughs> husband, and your host, Minister Caroline Taylor. Yes, it is so good to be back with each and every one of you. We brought to you uh, chapter one, which was amazing. And that was so long ago. And we apologize for this sweet delay. But now we are back. We have attacked the enemy. We have defeated him. And we are coming back with some good news, child. So I wanted to get something out the way really quick. Someone asked me, why did we call it tailor-made good news if we're starting back in the beginning? Well, because it was brought to me in my revelation with God where he said, all news is good news. And even from the beginning, we were revealed the good news. Hallelujah. Yes. So I just wanted to let you know that, yes, the gospels is the good news, but also starting from Genesis is where he initially revealed the good news. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So we are, we are going to go ahead and jump into Genesis chapter two, where we will only be discussing um, certain scriptures. But I do want to let you know that all of it will make sense. If you have any questions, make sure you email your girl at divineministry66 at gmail.com. You go. All right. So let's go ahead and get this in Genesis chapter two. I am reading an ESV where it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, 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 because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Boom. <laughs> so um, a key point in that that sticks out to me um, is when you said he's finished his work. Mm -hmm. um, so he rested or ceased, which means bring to an end. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's saying he done something on the seventh day. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's unknown what it is, right? Because it doesn't really get into detail about that. Or it doesn't say anything about that. But he did something. Right. So it was minuscule work. It didn't um, require. It didn't require too much labor. Maybe. Right. right. Okay. Maybe not, right. But it does indicate that he did something, y'all, to where he had to finish it on the seventh day. Okay, so keep in mind, though, that I need to I feel like we need to bring this to you, that God is a God that does not get weary. He does not get tired. He does not get fatigued nor exhausted. Okay, so I think in this context, no, I know in this context that God demonstrated this for you, that you it is going to come a point where you need to rest. You need to Set aside a day where you need to rest, to reboot, to be recharged in the name of Jesus. Um, he established this day for the man's pattern of work. Because as we know, too much work is sin. Okay. Right? Yeah. I would okay. say, yeah. Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. So, um, 
everything that God does, of course, is purposeful. Absolutely. I believe, probably along with everybody else, that his rest, like you said, was intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for himself, right? Right, correct. But, but for man. Correct. And right, and we, I guess, later on in the Bible, um, we tap into that a little bit because Jesus, um, he stated in Mark, two, Mark um, two 27, right. absolutely, right. that, excuse me, that Sabbath was made for man. He actually said that I am the Sabbath, okay? So Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. We are not meant to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath is meant for our benefit and to serve us. Right, right. And uh, he intentionally, he intentionally did things on the Sabbath too. Just yeah. To, right, just to <laughs> stir up trouble. Right <laughs> <laughs> you saying Jesus was a troublemaker? <laughs> but no, no, he, t- he intentionally did stuff <laughs> on the Sabbath just because he knew that our thought process about it was completely wrong. Exactly, right. exactly. Um, for instance, there are some countries today, right. I kid you not. Right. What we heard, right? Yes, that serve the Sabbath where like they will not allow you to carry your own bag. They will not allow you to drive. They won't allow you just to do certain things. But yet you can turn your key in a hotel room. You can you can turn your doorknob to go in. You can cook your own food, but they won't allow you to do this stuff because, oh, no, it's the Sabbath. So I, I think we get a little bit too religious, per se. And we all know that God hates religion, but we get too religious and we don't actually look at the purpose behind the Sabbath. So, yeah. This is going off key. Go ahead. But um, I guess this is for other people to think as well. Like, is the Sabbath necessary? Yes. You think so? (laughs) I mean, but when I say is it necessary, what am I saying is it necessary for? What are you saying is it necessary for? I mean, you answered it without even... (laughs) (laughs) I did. Impulse answers. I need to be careful. Have discernment out there, y'all. But still, is it necessary? I mean... I think it is necessary. Um, Too many times today, we have working moms that have so many hats. Uh Uh, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I am a minister. I'm a mentor. I am all these things, and God is still adding to the plate. And so I feel like to balance, I mean, I can go get my nails done. I could go to the movies. I could do something by myself. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to come back tired and exhausted because I didn't really draw into God to be recharged and rebooted and so when we talk about the Sabbath today that that is translated into your quiet time your quiet time with God to be with him and so when we take that day we allot that time and give that time back to him so that he's able to recharge and reboot us so that we are able to be better not only for ourselves but for our families and for our friends and for his purpose because if we're no good for his purpose we're not gonna do anything but mess mess it all up and that's the last thing that we want to do with god's work is mess it up i mean he has grace he's gonna love us still but we need to be deliberate about taking away time for god to give back to god Just as we are deliberate about cooking breakfast and taking our kids to school and loving on our husbands and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So you so 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 you touched on that 
uh, from a physical standpoint as well as a spiritual standpoint. Yes. I'll look, okay. Any other questions, Apostle Taylor? No, no. I, I just <laughs> Okay, okay, amen. I hope y'all understand it out there. So we are going to jump to verse 7. That's verse 7, yeah. Yes, where Apostle Taylor when, will do the honors. Uh, when God created man, mm-hmm. it says, Then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. By the way, I'm reading from NLT. Mm-hmm. Um, he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Okay, so what I receive from this, we can go a bunch of different ways, but I think for me, there is only one way to go. One way, one thing I receive from this is that, of course, we are spiritual beings being initiated to have a natural experience. This, we are spirit beings first, we were with God first, and now we are being transformed in the physical body to have a natural experience. This will be the beginning of our natural experience. Um, and so I always like to tell um, my mentees and my friends and the people that I interact with that we are spiritual beings having a natural experience. It is not the other way around. And so we need to understand that <laughs> we are ancient. I remember my best friend she her son asked her how old she was and she said i'm ancient and we just started laughing because i knew where she got that from um so in spirit we are completely ancient we are completely old but um our physical body just tells us like how long we've been here physically not spiritually um and so, yes, we were with God in spirit where, where Genesis uh, chapter one basically gives that away. And I also want to say this as well, that our value isn't in the physical components that form the body, but it's rather in the quality of life that forms the soul. I'm going to say that again. Our value isn't in the physical components that form the body. So we should not find value in our appearance, what we look like, the scar- whatever it is on our physical self, but rather in the quality of life that forms the soul. That is where our value is in, in our spirit body, in our spirit being, our inner man. So that's what I wanted to touch basis on about that. Babe, you have anything you have that you want to say? Uh, about that, I know I think that was pretty well well spoken. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can go um, down to the garden. Down to the garden. Down to mm, the garden. Mm, mm, mm. And he talks about that in verse eight. Yeah, God planted the garden in the east, in Eden. Uh huh. And there he put the man whom he had formed to work. Actually, right. <laughs> you going a little bit too far? Uh, am I? No, I'm not. <laughs> Well, it says here, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east where he put the man whom he had formed. Down uh, down a little further in verse 15, he talks about how he put him to work. We ain't got there yet. So we're just in verse 8 where we're talking about he planted the garden of Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. Now, you can talk about that if you want to. That's up to you. Well, I am. I, I, I guess, you know, I mean, then he planted the trees. Um. Where they produce fruit in the middle of the garden, of mm-hmm. the middle of it, it's where we put the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
<laughs> right, exactly. Um, before we go there, though, I just wanted to kind of say something about the Garden in Eden. Because a lot of people, when they see that, the Garden in Eden, they, they think that um, this that Eden is made up entirely of this of the garden and I want to say that <clears throat> it is only a portion this garden is only a portion in Eden because it says here he planted a garden in Eden in the east so we know we have we have the east the west the north and the south okay four different directional landmarks so the garden is only in one specific location in the east, a portion of it. So I just wanted to specify that because there's a lot of people that think that the garden in Eden, the garden of Eden makes up the entire, like the entire, it's this one big hole that makes up the whole thing basically. And it is just in this one specific portion um, in Eden. That's about all I wanted to say regarding that. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And I also wanted to say something about this, that God is an eternal God. Like you said here, it says that there he put the man whom he had formed before he created us. As we all know, before he created us, he supplied everything that we would ever, ever need. So I want to say this. The things that we act, that we go before God for and we ask him, this is like a little side note. Forgive me, babe. The things that we ask God for, um, when we say, God, can you give me this? God, can you give me that? I want to say something. Because God is an eternal God and he knew what we'd already need before he, um, before he birthed us, before he planted us here on this earth, he already established everything according to our purpose. So if what you are asking for does not align with his purpose and does not align with what he wants you to have, you are not going to receive it, okay? And I want you to understand that because God is an eternal God, that means faith is the supernatural response to what God has already done. Let me say that again. Faith is the supernatural response to what God has already done, okay? Let's just go ahead and be clear and precise about that. Like, there is no way you can say, God, please give me a car, and then all of a sudden he's gonna pop you up with a car in like two months. No, if he hasn't already written it in your life for you to get this car within this specific time, then you're not going to get it well, until it's your time to receive it. Well, you can get it. but I mean. You can, but like I said, it had, God is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the author and perfecter in, of our life. So everything has already been written out. We are just walking it through. Right. So in other words, um, 10% interest, <laughs> 10% interest rate on a $500 car note. It's not a blessing. <laughs> I guess you can say that. <laughs> oh, so I just wanted to put that out there. I know that was complete left, but I just wanted to say that. Okay, mm. go ahead, babe. Cause you were talking right. about the tree All of right. life yeah, in yeah. verse so, nine. Um, he put it in the middle. And let, so let me read the verse real quick. It says, "And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of." And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's verse 9. Alright. So, let me also say, he put it directly in the middle of the garden. And very intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. So, um... How do you know he put it in the middle? Because it says it right here. He put, 
In the middle of the garden, he <laughs> placed the tree. Of life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm reading from different translations, so okay, okay, wonderful. Go ahead. So, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? So I, I assume they were right next to each other, or maybe um, one was before. I don't know. I guess I don't know. It's in the middle. Maybe there's a circle. <laughs> <laughs> you can go one. I don't know. But look, it's in the middle, right? So. You have okay. to go through all these different trees <laughs> mm-hmm. um, to get to it. And to get to the tree of life, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you have to pass by the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, as far as this tree of life and this tree of knowledge of good and evil, that's like, that's so hard to say. That, that will easily trip you up. I'm sure most people want to know. Is this is this even real? Was it just for biblical times for us to understand? What do these two things mean? What is it? What is its meaning? Is it real? Is it relevant for today? I think they are. I, I think they are real. Um, I think they're two separate trees. Which I I I, I saw this one thing where um, a question. Uh, I was reading a blog or something, mm-hmm. and uh, they. The question was asked was, are they the same tree? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you really, like, as you read, the most popular tree is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's the one that really um, titles, I guess, some a few of these chapters. Okay. Right. Um, but my thoughts is, right, they are two separate trees. Um, one leads to eternal life yes well, well I, I guess i'll take that back well the tree of life well, leads, okay, to leads, to, life. leads to eternal life right um but it wasn't something right that we have to go get right he had already given it to us because we already had access to that right at first yeah i said we already had access to that tree right okay at first right so and then there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil, mm-hmm. um, which we also have access to. So it's choosing right life or death. Right? Mm, that's so, a good analogy. Um, <laughs> because right, so because it's he like says, he says right. It's like a matter of choice. Right, beware, because the day you eat of that tree, that tree is the day you die. Is the day that you will surely die. That you will surely die. Right. Okay, so you said that, let's go back a little bit, that it is relevant to today. And you probably answered that question, but... I don't know, maybe. I want to know, how is it relevant today? Because, I mean, we still demonstrate choices, right? Yeah. Um, I think you touched bases on it. I know you said something about that earlier that really hit hit home with me when we were talking about um, how is it relevant to today. What did I say? You said something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let you me try it. a bunch of examples. I know. I'm always forever giving a bunch of examples. Oh, Holy Spirit, bring it back to my remembrance. So, oh my goodness. Um, the tree of life, sustaining eternal life. Uh, it's, it's relevant to today. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, well, here's a thought. Yeah. Um, why would he place his tree in the garden and then forbid us to eat from it? Why? 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 
Because it's a matter of choice, right? I said that. No. Okay. What's the matter of choice? And he doesn't want us to be robotic, right? Mm-hmm. He want to give us this free will, which we tend to express. If you guys hear any whimpering in the background, that is my <laughs> five-year-old daughter. Praise the Lord, Jesus. <laughs> she sounds like a little whimpering doll. Okay, so yes. And also what I have is that the tree of life, as you said, sustains eternal life. The tree of knowledge is a, just a test of obedience on basically whether we choose to obey God, disobey God, do good, do bad. Like my husband was saying, it is a matter of choice. And it also it also talks about in Revelation chapter 22 how uh, the tree of life is basically going to be in the new heaven and the new earth. And so um, I do really believe that the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil is real and it is relevant to today because today there are so many choices that we make that that we have to determine Um, Whether we are going to operate in good or whether we are going to operate in bad, whether we are going to accept evil, whether whatever that may be. Um, And as far as our eternal life, of course, by the grace of God, we have accepted eternal life from believing that Jesus Christ is our savior and living in in and through our salvation and being sanctified in Jesus Christ. And so we have to. In order to sustain our eternal life, we have to continue to be Christ-like and continue to be righteous in Christ. And yes, that could be a little challenging, but as long as you continue to keep God centered in your life, sustaining your eternal life will be much, much easier. Of course, later on in the chapters, we will definitely talk about one thing that can forfeit you having your eternal life, that can take your eternal life away from you. But we are not going to talk about that right now. Um, but yes, that is just what I think. That's have just you know, where I am. Mm-hmm. Have, you ever came, have you ever thought about, like, um, um, mentioned this thought to yourself, why did she, why did they have to eat from the tree? All the time. Like, why did they have to eat? Like, they made, they just, they, they made it super hard on us. Like, seriously, I love Adam and I love Eve, but so, yo, Eve. So, do you think it would be different if they hadn't? Yeah. I mean, I mean, but how, because, like, um, I, I think it, I, I think our eternal life, I, I think it, I think maybe this is hypothetical because it is already done. That if they hadn't done that, they hadn't, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think, and we're kind of going ahead here because this is more so in chapter three. But if they hadn't done that, then we, then Jesus wouldn't have had to step off of his throne and to mediate for us. But that's just my thought process. Because they started the whole downfall and fall of mankind thing. Right. That's what I was just wondering. So, I mean, like. Now I think about that. Like, so what if what have happened if just um, their children only sinned? What happens if their children? That's, that's so, like, if they didn't, but their children did. Oh, then I think in that case we still would be down the same road. I would think so, and 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 then you can say the same thing about their kids. And their kids. Yeah. I mean, there's well, what, how many billion people in this? <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Eventually, somebody down the and line then, will probably right, break the rule. Think, right. And then it's like, um, 
blaming their thought process. I don't even know if it was as deep as how ours is now. I mean, because they're starting fresh. They don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. Right? They're like infants, right. right? So Adam was already com- was already made right. perfect. But he was like the perfect man. Yeah, but mentally they were still like infants, though. Yeah. They really didn't know anything. Right. right. So they couldn't actually process and formulate right. all the thoughts. As far as we do, but yet we still... We still mess up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still do some ignorant stuff. Yeah, so we can't too much say, oh, Adam and Eve, screw you, because we're still screwing ourselves sometimes, you know? Um, something else I wanted to point out about the tree of knowledge of good and evil that I don't think anybody else um, um, pointed out. The tree of knowledge of good and evil, for God to have even made, have even named it that, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> First of all, pay attention because the tree of knowledge of good and evil was introduced before evil even came about on the earth. On the earth. The fall hadn't even come about yet until chapter 3. But yet we get introduced to the tree of knowledge of good and evil in chapter 2. So that tells me that evil existed before the fall. Evil existed before we were placed here on this earth. Ooh. <laughs> so that's what that tells me there. And um I can see that because right the chapter three stuff, because that talks more about um, yeah the serpent and right, he was already I mean he was in the garden. Mm-hmm. Right, he was already there. Right. Um, and so <clears throat> if you wanna know more about where this evil started, so evil I'm definitely evil. gonna Evil in the Eden. Evil in Eden, right? <laughs> there you go naming stuff. Yeah, ma'am, but I even think it goes deep beyond that because when God established Eden and the people and all that kind of stuff, everything was good, right? He called everything good. Everything was perfect. Everything was great. You know, there was melody in the air, the birds chirping and singing and all that kind of stuff. And then here you go, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Like you said, they had infantry thoughts. Me, I would be like, why do you got a tree of good and evil if it's just all good? You know what I'm saying? So that what makes me that's that is what makes me think or know that evil existed before we were placed here on this earth, before Adam and Eve even came to the fall. Right, but I don't even know why I was called. I mean, because God knew of good and evil, but we hadn't yeah, but yet. Why call it the tree of good and bad, or good and evil? Or, I mean, why call it that? So in that context, in that context, in this context, as far as evil, in this context right here, because I had to look it up, um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he could have said good and bad, but in this context, evil, I'm going to say it again, evil in this context, in this chapter, basically meant to disobey God, to go wayward from what God, you know, uh, 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 originally designed and intended. I mean, I'm just saying, like, why call it that, though? I mean, like, I because he's just, God. Like, I'm just like... Hey, don't eat from that apple tree right there. No. Why not? Give it a name and give it to, hey, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But yeah, so to get more on where the first, because keep in mind, um, oh, never so mind. So did that tree possess wanna... any power, do you think? No. Of good and evil? Yeah. Um, I'm guess. I mean, God created it. It is supernatural. I guess it had to because once they ate from it, they were... Their eyes were opened. Yeah, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was more so the tree that did it. I think it was more so them um, 
bringing or whatever word I'm looking for. I think it was more so them uh, just bringing uh, sin into the world is what opened their eyes. Mm, okay. More so than just really eating. Okay. Well, should we talk about this in more in chapter three? Because I think all of that, that what we're talking about is more relevant in chapter three. Is it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it talks more about the fall and things of that nature. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Praise the Lord. Whatever you saw. Well, thank you very much, honey. All right. Chapter 15. Chapter chapter 15, Lord. Verse 15. Um, it says how the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Mm. So he had a job. Yes, yeah. he had responsibility. So we are not. That was the first thing. Sit at home all day <laughs> <laughs> and eat chips on the couch, right. watching, and yeah, so and playing Call of Duty. Supposed to work. We have a responsibility, yes. We have a responsibility. And in that work, because I don't want people to just look at it as working to no ends, our responsibility is serving God. Our responsibility, our work is all meant to serve God. Because think of it, he was put in the Garden of Eden that God created. God assigned him the work and told him to keep it. And so being that being of that it is because him doing that it is serving god it is serving god so that's how i look at it he was given responsibility that was the first thing he was given yeah, he was and it was to serve god, god. He, yeah he was helping him actually right. yes although he god was, doesn't need help he was serving with god or alongside him because god gave him all these tasks right mm-hmm. things that god can actually do by himself right right name these animals you know <laughs> right. No, you're ahead. right. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're okay. No? okay name yeah. him. Name out right. Yeah. Like right. Why do you need him to name these animals? Because he wants to, right? He want him. He want him to do something. He want him to do something. He want him to have purpose. He wants him, he right. wants him to be fulfilled. He wants him, like you said, to have responsibility. And like I said, all of it points to serving God. Right. To, to do something outside of yourself. Instead of for yourself, if that makes sense, it does to me. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is the verse that you were talking about, babe. Verse sixteen, it says, oh, "It said in the you got the corona." Mm. <laughs> I don't think sneezing was one of the. Uh... <laughs> it says, "And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden.'" But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first divine instruction that man has received from God. Woman has not yet been created, okay? Man has received divine instruction from God. Being so, that means he knows God's voice. He has heard of God now. He has discerned of his voice, so he knows what he sounds like. He knows the voice of God. Uh, uh, and so now God is giving him instruction. So this, to me, was, like I said, this was the, this was man um receiving and being revealed the voice of God. This is the first instruction and choice. Well, 
the first instruction but second choice that man was given okay he had been doing everything good so far naming the cattle all that kind of stuff cultivating and keeping the garden all that so now this right here is the most important you can do everything else but as god said obedience is better than sacrifice now he's gonna look at okay i've given you instruction are you going to obey me you know my voice or you going to come to me my sheep know me you know what i'm saying by my voice so are you going to attend to my voice so i thought i thought that was just very very powerful um did you want to say anything uh, i was gonna actually um move on to when it said um it wasn't good for man to be alone oh, okay well let me right. say one one thing one more thing then before you do that where it says here that for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die there has been a lot of people many people thinking they get so caught up just in that part you shall surely die oh my god if i oh they thought that adam man was going to fall flat and die um in this context rather in this specific context god was giving us the basic idea of separation okay separation as far as spiritual separation physical separation and eternal separation Okay, there's three types, physical, spiritual, and eternal separation. And we are going to see as we go through the chapters, the kind of separation um, that man and woman are going to go through. Okay, and we will bring it up as we go through it. So let us proceed. Chapter, oh, was that verse 18? Yeah. That was verse 17 that I was talking about. But you're going to go in verse 18. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go ahead. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Mm-hmm. I will make a helper. Fit. Ooh, I will make a helper who is just right for him. Am I just right for you? Maybe. <laughs> 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 well, you know, he's talking some maybe. So, it's too late now. You so already the tied Lord the night. God formed from the ground all these wild animals and birds and brought it to the man. But um, I guess it just wasn't, it didn't fit for him, right? just didn't sound right feel right mm-hmm. so finally he put him to sleep put adam to sleep so you're going through verse 19 through oh, I'm ra- oh, 22 I'm you are rolling honey rolling. your mouth got nascar all written rolling. all over it yeah go ahead hey it's all it's all it's all in one thing though all right <laughs> okay go ahead right. so he took the rib took the rib from the man put mm-hmm. him to sleep first he put him to sleep Right, a deep that becomes trance. relevant later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Why? Well, because he. Well, we talk about that later. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying because you know he that putting the sleep part. <clears throat> he actually did that with uh, Solomon as well. He did. Well, well, he didn't put him to sleep. <laughs> Solomon fell into a deep sleep. Okay, I'm right? sure. <laughs> okay. And then in that deep sleep, God talked to him as well. Okay, then, yeah, yeah. That's when he kind of got transformed (laughs) okay praise the lord all right apostle yeah okay uh, and then he formed what adam named woman well they have not received their names yet it was just said that they formed man and woman they had not received their name yet i said woman oh you did i thought you said okay sorry um so let me chime in a little bit because 
verse 18 of course it says man is not good for man to be alone and uh, most people think that right after God said that that he just automatically made woman for him and that is not so because um, following that scripture it said how God formed every beast and bird from the fields and the heavens and brought them to man so that he could begin to give them a name and so with that being said I just want to say that before men listen please and correct me if I'm wrong husband but prior to you getting your wife your your helpmate okay your help meet prior before you getting that woman God is going to give you responsibility before you go through the actual process God is going to give you a process so there's a process before the process if that makes sense the process for 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 man was tending to these animals cultivating the land establishing the foundation all that kind of stuff and giving name to all these beasts and animals that was the process before the actual process you can see in the actual process that when god presented woman to man what did he do he he called her he revealed her he called her he gave her a name and said I shall call you what woman because you were taking out a man so it was kind of like the same process it was a rejoice almost. yeah as well yeah because he knew that that this woman had come from him out of him flesh I also want to say this and I may be getting too deep but to me for God to put the man in a deep sleep and then take one of his ribs to me this was divine surgery and him not come out of pain him not have not a lick of pain that was divine surgery and he had divine healing from the lord because the lord operated on him took out what was necessary in order to create this amazing god-given woman um something else i wanted to say is that god knew that adam needed a um god knew that adam needed a helper an equal and a companion um we are your equals we are your companions we are not inferior to you we are next to right. you um and so many men out here are treating women like servants and slaves and that is out of order men you will be dealt with in the name of jesus so yeah have no mercy on you so with that being said because Adam needed a companion, um, he was incomplete without someone to compliment him in multiplying and taking dominion over the earth and filling a task. He was doing all of this by himself, which he was incomplete. Now, am I saying that he was incomplete as a being? Absolutely not. Because when God created you, you were already complete. I am right, saying right. he was incomplete as far as his vision because he was given vision but yet now he does not know how to actually birth it into fruition in totality in its entirety and so now he needs this woman um to aid him and to help him and to meet him where he is to actually birth this okay so with that being said i want to say this woman was made by god to meet man's deficiency i'm going to say that again woman was made by god to meet man's deficiency okay without a woman your vision is incomplete i will say that without a woman you will not you'll succeed you'll have success um but as it says when you find that good thing you would obtain favor in the lord in the name of jesus so 
you will reach new and greater heights with the woman that God has ordained you to be with. And that is definite here. I also want to take you to 1 Timothy, if I may, just to um, back up what it is I'm saying. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, really quick. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, where it says, And it was not Adam who, who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, and sin was the result. So, woman was made by God to meet man's deficiency. 1 Timothy 2, 14. Okay, there Jesus, you go. Jesus was the exception, though. He didn't need no yeah, you're right. Jesus was the exception. He showed <laughs> he didn't need no woman. He need nobody. Said, if Jesus did have a woman, what he did? What? I said. <laughs> <laughs> what you say? If Jesus had a girlfriend. Had a woman. I don't think Jesus would have a girlfriend, honey. Jesus would have a wife. Jesus probably dated. We don't know that. Jesus would have a wife. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't have no girlfriend. He'd have a wife. Because the minute he seen... The minute man seen woman, he was like, you a woman, and they was together. They were married. I mean, they could just be in a couple, you know, like... No. Dating, just it. No, they're going to be the married movies. back in biblical times. I don't think they even had movies, honey, back in biblical times. What do you got? <sighs> in spirit, yep. Well, you keep that thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to add, honey, honey, honey uh, pops? No, uh... They were both naked and felt no shame. Oh, we didn't talk about that. Oh, man. So, what do you think? Real quick, so we can kind of end this. Uh, what about think about them being naked? Or, and having no shame? Um, I mean, sin wasn't in the world. They didn't feel any. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know how to process that. You're know. absolutely right. With sin not being in the world, they were still considered innocent. Innocent, right. Innocent, right. Um, right. So there you go. They were transparent and honest. And then um, verse 24 where it says, man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and become one flesh. Um, this was the marital relationship. Ooh, I got hiccups. The marital relationship was established as the first human institution. That right there, boom. So he created, he created being and then he created marriage. Those two are the most sacred things that come from God. So he takes that completely serious. Marriage is so sacred and he and he takes that serious. So I also want to say that permanent monogamy um, was and continues to be God's design and law for marriage. So if you, you know, doing some other stuff you ain't on business doing, I want to say put a halt to that immediately. Uh, and that with them being one flesh, um, one flesh represented unity and completeness. Um, and it also represented their sexual completeness as well. Mm, I am fully satisfied. What about you? I'm sorry. I am, yeah. I said I'm fully satisfied. Me too. <laughs> okay, so. I have to agree with you. We finished we finished talking about genesis 2 i hope you enjoyed this we will be back with genesis 3 pray to god that it does not take us as long as it did for genesis 2 there was really just a lot of stuff going on and we did not want to be double-minded in giving this to you so praise god that we finally have brought it to you um 
but I hope you enjoyed this and as I said if you have any questions please feel free to go to my Instagram page at divine.ministry um, and then go to um, my email divineministry66 at gmail.com this has been a wonderful fellowship with you guys tailor-made good news brought to you by divine ministry we thank you so much uh this is now minister taylor and apostle taylor signing off be strong be courageous and be golden we love y'all peace